Hey, it's Ron McLean. Welcome to Hockey Talk on the Rock. With Laura and Keith. It's interesting. So let's back up a second. He played absolutely out of his mind. It now. made no sense to me. And now, here are your hosts. All right. We are back doing a hockey talk on the rock episode number 92, the pod calls and puts goals in type episode. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about league stuff, but as always, we are going to start off talking about Canuck stuff and they have won three of the last four. Put in the parade. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, they played some pretty bad teams, but they have won three of four after losing a whole bunch. So it feels good. We can talk yeah positives we can talk about some negatives and we're going to talk about the trades they made so for sure take it away yeah so as you said the canucks have turned things around mildly i mean i don't know if that's really true but we're gonna say that they have <laughs> for now they won some games which is good to see they they have beat like seattle they should have beat anaheim they should have beat and pittsburgh has been playing really bad so they should have beat them too but you know again gonna take it as a positive um the last night's game in particular i felt like the first period was rough <laughs> just in general and then they got better in the second period and then the third period was just like insane um and i'm glad that they won because there was a couple of sketchy moments there um but anaheim you know after watching the canucks play <laughs> for the beginning of this season that team is not good <laughs> Their defense is bad and like down low, like the Canucks, yeah. they had no, like no physicality, no answer for the Canucks down low. And Gibson made some big saves. Like, yeah, yeah. it was, it was tough to watch. I mean, that Zegers, Terry line, Strom line is decent. Um, I thought that Spencer Martin didn't play great, but he still got the win. There's a couple of those goals that were yeah, not great. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's good to see Kuzmenko got his hat trick. Um, he's been fun to watch and you know Bo Bo keeps scoring goals looking to cash in big time this offseason and right now he's up to 10 and only McDavid has more than them and obviously he's not gonna keep this up but but it's fun to watch I'm happy to have him in fantasy (laughs) Um, but yeah so I think those are the stories mainly and then Patterson like Patterson is a story on his own because I feel like we talked about it a lot (laughs) and we're finally seeing kind of the player that Pedersen could have could be. Um, he's becoming great in both ends of the rink. And last night was insane. He put up the five points, but he just looked like on that one goal, he looks like a man kind of possessed. And it's great to see he does need to be the best player on this team, basically, at least offensively, for them to have any success. So it's good to see. But again, <laughs> if you want to look at it on the negative... <laughs> They are going to have to pay him. They did sign him to that bridge contract, and sometimes it's not great, and they are going to have to pay, like, Kuzmenko if they want him to stick around. And Kuzmenko is early, right? I don't know. It's hard to say, but they definitely have chemistry. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing I noticed with Pedersen for sure is, like, he seems stronger on the board battles. Like, we definitely. was defending the puck. And he's like facing the boards or along the boards or whatever. He's not just getting like flung to the ice as much as he used to. Yeah. Which is good because like, you know, you need to be able to stand up to play hockey. Um, <laughs> but yeah, with the Kuzmenko thing, like I'm trying to think back to when Breadman came over 
and Kaprizov is a bit of a different story. Yeah. But when Breadman came over, his he signed the one year deal, and then they gave him like two years at five mil. Yeah. So I feel like there might be an opportunity to uh, do a short term sort of what you might call a bridge with him yeah that's just because it's like well you had you know, like no one had you on their playbook yet so they haven't figured you out so we don't know if this is sustainable or whatever for sure so that might work out Pedersen is worrying because he could take his one-year qualifying offer and walk to free agency and, and Pedersen too like he made those comments right about willing to stay in Vancouver if they were a winning team and they that also team. worries me <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, Bo Horvat would it be a very Canuck thing to do to let him go to free agency for nothing? Yep. Oh God. <laughs> um, would it also be a very Canuck thing to do to give him like all the money, like a ten and a half mil by like eight year deal, and then be like, uh oh, now we gotta <laughs> sign Patterson. So, yeah. There's so there's so much work that needs to be done on this team. And it is depressing and it's scary too, right? Because there's been a lot of talk about this, but you know, when they like when they re-signed Miller, the idea was for him to be a center. And I think he probably is gonna end up being a center again. So this is probably like a pointless conversation. But it does raise the question with Bo if you let him go or if you trade him, who's filling in for him? Who's taking those those big face offs? Um, because that is his role on the team right now, along with scoring goals. Um so yeah, it's 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 a little bit concerning, but I don't think you can keep him. Like I, again, I really like Bo Horvat. I just don't I don't see it. I think you've made your I mean, bed. On the on the positive side of things, trying to be a bit a bit, a bit of positive here. Yeah, <laughs> is it sounds like the cap is going to go up more than the original one million that they thought next year. Yep. So you know, if it goes up four and then it goes up like four again, some of these problems are addressable depending sure. on what, what the ask is with the player and especially with you know the cap recapture i think is finally coming off the book and <laughs> Myers has only this year and next year left on his deal and that's six million coming off the book and myers might be movable in the off season like i say might it depends <laughs> on a lot of things but but one year is easier to move they can actually probably eat salary on it and i think it would be okay in this case and then the thing like the OEL one, right? Like that's the big one. That trade is gonna go down as one of the worst moves in Canucks history. Um, but with OEL too, you wonder like he does not look good. <laughs> and I wonder how much longer he's gonna play. Yeah, that's a tough one. It's a tough one too, because for a while it seemed like, well, at least they got Garland, and Garland has not had a great start okay. to the season whatsoever. No. I mean, he hasn't really been good since Boudreaux took over. Like, that's, to me, the player that regressed the most after. Um, I thought he had a good start to the season last year. And this year, he's been worse than he was last year. Like, he does not – it almost seems like offense dies on his stick. That would be, like, the description I would give. <laughs> um, but you've got you've got problems throughout. Um, and they just have – they have a surplus of wingers. They do, and and it's killing me that they can't keep Rathbone in the lineup at least oh, to like God. get him on the second power play unit. You know, get him in the lineup just to get him on the second power play unit because Ekman Larson, like last year at least, was able to get shots from the point through, and he just he like I don't know what he did in the offseason, but he looks awful. <laughs> like he's he should not be out there on a power play unit. 
I don't understand why Stillman is playing over Rathbone. Um, I mean, you can even make the argument for Burroughs. I've not liked Stillman since he came to the Canucks. Um, yeah. <laughs> but totally. I feel like I agree with you. I think the Canucks, again, the, with Quinn Hughes back in the lineup, it was immediately noticeable that they could move the puck more. But it's true, but man, Hughes defensively, like even last game against Anaheim, there were some plays out there. It was like, oh man, like, like last year he took a massive step forward defensively. And he said that like, he was trying to make a goal of that. And it seems yeah. like he's regressed he, one, one step forward, two steps back in that scenario kind of thing. I will say though, in, in Hughes's defense, <laughs> it's not like I'd say outside of Patterson, I don't really think any Canuck has been decent defensively. <laughs> this year it's a problem right um yeah. but yeah it's and i mean you can also maybe throw in shen like shen is shen but he's he's all right serviceable he's, he's serviceable and he's yeah. not noticeably awful which is <laughs> a step up from most of the canucks defense yeah but yeah no it will be interesting to see this week they have nashville coming up and then they're going out east so montreal and toronto uh, so you know nashville's been underachieving as well so that's a, definitely a winnable game montreal should be a winnable game and then toronto is having all sorts of crises of their own so yeah you know there's there's a chance of those three teams i feel like nashville is going to be the hardest yeah. to get a win out of just because they're just so deep you know especially on their defense and the style of hockey they played too, right? Like that first period of the Canucks last night, to me, it felt like they were disinterested in playing and they gave Anaheim more opportunities than they should have, but Anaheim just wasn't good enough to capitalize on them. <laughs> um, but if you give those same opportunities to Nashville, I think it's over in the first period. Yeah. And I mean, Nashville just wiped the floor with Calgary. What was yep. that last night or two nights ago too? So Yeah. They but yeah, around which would be bad news, but you never know. That's the game. So let's talk about the trades. Yeah, um, sounds good. I guess chronologically, <laughs> the first one was Mikey D. Pietro, and what was his name? Uh, <laughs> let me look it up. <laughs> the defensive prospect, Myronberg. Does that sound yeah, right? Myronberg. That sounds right to me. Mikey D. Pietro, who was getting surpassed on the depth chart by Archer Seelovs and Colin Delia and Spencer Martin. So you knew he was out the door. And then Myronberg, who was a fifth-round pick, who sounded promising, but probably only promising for two reasons, one of which they don't have that many promising prospects, and two, <laughs> because I think like we talked about last year, maybe we were saying that there was going to be late-round gems more than yeah. used to because of COVID. Because yep. less opportunity to see players, players weren't playing as much, blah, blah, blah. And maybe Myrenberg sounded like maybe one of those, but uh, they got Jason Studnika from the Bruins, mm -hmm. who's like, what, 23? Yep. Uh, the Bruins were afraid they were going to lose him on waivers. He's a very good AHL player. And I mean, he hasn't stuck with Boston, but Boston center depth has been <laughs> very good for a long time. So, yeah. It's tough to just want to put him on the fourth line when he's like a scorer clearly in his in, in the lower leagues so yeah i don't know at first i was kind of pissed like why are they trading their only right-handed defensive prospect when they're like they don't have many prospects to begin with and they keep trading their picks 
Yep. But then like seeing the reaction from Boston fans, they, they seem pretty pissed. And yeah, I guess they're holding out hope that he was going to be like a Bergeron replacement, which is pretty far fetched, but you know, it makes me feel better about the deal. He's looked yeah. okay. He's looked fine. Um, I, the one thing I want to say with Mikey DiPietro, like I have two things I want to say about him. The first one is I do feel for him um, because during that COVID year, he did not play any hockey. And I think that probably permanently damaged his development. And I, I do, like, I don't know. I don't think he probably would ever become an NHL regular, but I think he could have been better than what he is. And then secondly, I also feel bad for him because the Bruins have now loaned him to Abbotsford. So he's still in the same situation. And it must kind of suck because I know that like his agent said that they wanted a trade, they wanted a move, and then it's like, oh, actually, we traded you, but you're in the exact same situation. So wow. I, I hope for him that something works out because I do feel for him. But why, I mean, I haven't looked too much in, into the details, but like, why have why hasn't he been loaned to an ECHL club to get some playing time? I don't know because isn't it Delia and C Loves in Abbotsford yeah. right now? Yeah. yeah. That seems bad. Especially from a Bruins perspective, like if you're taking a flyer on him, wouldn't you want him to play somewhere? I don't like. I I don't know if they have anywhere for him to play, right? Which is why he's still where he was. But I don't know why they made that decision. So that's weird. So it kind of becomes like Myrenberg for Studnika, right? Like, yeah, just straight up. Which again, with the trade request and and DiPietro's development, yeah, he was kind of worthless to this organization anyway. Yeah, um, which is a bummer. It's a bummer, but yeah, you never know with Stanika. He might, he might come in and be able to play some center for the Canucks because their center depth is definitely not the same as Boston's. Yeah. But I, I don't have like I, I don't have unrealistic hopes for him. He is twenty three. He's kind of is what he is, but he's looked all right. Yeah, another typical like, you know. Who's the guy we've had for the last few years? Like there was Jason Krogh for a while, and then who's like Reed Boucher? Does that sound Reed right? Reed Boucher, yeah, that sounds right. Score, score a lot in the AHL, but yeah. just never put it together in the NHL. I don't know. You know that fourth line, mainly Joshua and Oman, or yeah. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. Like they they've looked like the type of guys you want on your fourth line. Yeah, and I mean, Oman has been a really pleasant surprise for the Canucks this year. Like, that's the most positive, probably, outside of Pedersen that we can talk about for the Canucks so far, because he was not expected to make this team. I don't no. think he expected to make this team, and he's looked decent. Like, he's even when he was playing on the third line, I thought he was doing an okay job, and yeah. So if Studnika can carve out a niche role and fit in with them and, and you know, drive play and provide energy, then good. Yeah. You know, win for the Canucks. For sure. Um, yeah, overall, with time to marinate it, I'd give the win to the Canucks on the trade and the participant ribbon to the Bruins. I, I agree. And we'll see in a couple of years, you know, if if Myrenberg turns out to be another, like, Forsling for the Canucks or if it's something yeah. like he never plays in the NHL. So, Or, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to go down the next rabbit hole, so we're good. But, okay. yeah, so next trade. Next trade uh, from the Hurricanes, Ethan Bear, who had yet to get into a game this year, apparently was staying in good shape. I heard Brenda Moore on the sports radio there talking about how he's been a consummate pro and they need to get him games and blah, blah, blah. And so anyways, he got traded with an AHL depth player to the Canucks for a fifth rounder. Again, sucks that the Canucks are throwing draft picks out there when they need draft picks, but 
they kind of needed defense that can move the puck, that can skate, um, that are right-handed. <laughs> and Ethan Bear can do all those things, maybe as like a fourth, fifth, sixth D-man. I don't know if he has it in him to be anything more than a fourth, but... Yeah, again, I think given the situation the Canucks were in, like last week, <laughs> they had to do something. They couldn't keep like rolling out that same defense. And like bear has looked good he's looked good since coming to vancouver and i think he will fit in my pro my only problem with it is that i feel like you have a lot of kind of the same type of guys although again he can move the puck so it's a little bit different but you have these kind of like you know i'd say fourth to sixth level defensemen and you're you have a lot of them now um it's, it's the sea of Granlins, but on defense yeah, it's the sea of Granlins, but on defense right? it's the sea and of then roses <laughs> <laughs> you talk about like Rathbone like I don't know are you sending him to the AHL now because I would assume that Bear is going to fill in for what Rathbone could have done even though Rathbone looks more dynamic but you know it doesn't seem like they want to use him and that scares me a little bit but we'll see I, I give the win to the Canucks, especially yeah, I mean, because they retain, like Cal Carolina retains salary. So especially considering that, I would give the win to Vancouver, but we'll see how it goes. So when they retain salary, like Hughes making 2.2 for one year, they retained 400K. Yeah. Does the qualifying offer be unaffected by that? Like if I would that, assume so, yeah. So if they wanted still, to qualify him, it would be the full 2.2. I think so. But they could also flip him at the deadline. Like, this is something that if the Canucks are super out of it, which they might be, um, but they probably won't be. I think they'll probably crawl back in and make it a race, but we'll see. Then you can you can flip him and probably get an asset for him. So I, it's low risk. It is low risk. It's yeah. true. Um, you never know. They might draft the next Myrenberg with that pick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, no, I'm with you. I feel like uh, despite their poor defensive play, like last night when they were playing the Ducks, they, it looked like two bad hockey teams playing. <laughs> you know, it was super in, in entertaining. It was. It was fun. That third period was really fun. Was 13 like, wow. goals scored in total and all that. <laughs> but, yeah, it looked like a couple bad hockey teams playing each other. But I feel like the Canucks will figure out their systems a little bit better. The penalty kill hopefully won't set a record back-to-back -back years and it will start to get better. And well, on the, the penalty kill specifically, like I was looking at, they were practicing with new lines and notably both Horvat and Miller were not playing on the penalty kill. Yeah, and I, I think that. that's good. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. Well, it's Pedersen Mikheyev took their place, right? Yeah. Probably smart, which I, mean, I think is smart, and like the way again, like Miller and Horvat have they've been good offensively, um, and if you let them focus on that and not kind of play to their weaknesses, I feel like it's probably a good thing for the team if you have players that can fill in those roles on the PK. So yeah, agree, agree. Uh, kind of the reason they brought in Mikheyev. Yeah, uh, totally. So. so. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. This week will be exciting. And yeah. Nashville tomorrow. Nashville tomorrow. Nashville. And, and uh, so league-wise, there hasn't really been like trades to discuss, but there's been stuff happening. We are in the thick of the silly season. Yeah. Uh, what are we, three and a half weeks in? Yeah. And we're seeing all sorts of uh, 
crazy things that are out of order that will eventually realign <laughs> to the normal i believe um you know like looking up the top 10 goalies with save percentage or the top <laughs> top 10 you know teams in the league and top 10 scorers and like it happens every year for sure but, i mean uh, it's it is funny yeah i i think like the notable ones right like like eric carlson i don't think you can talk about him enough because last night he goes out he gets like two more goals or something crazy he's scoring like 56 percent of san jose's goals and obviously that's not gonna keep up (laughs) but i'm i feel like i do feel good for carlson that he's putting together an offensive season and he looks to be back to some degree but yeah, that one's crazy. I mean, Darlene for a while there, and he's still putting up points. But, like, you've got these defensemen that are just going off. You've got teams that are just going off. <laughs> and then really freaking bad teams. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, notably, like, who Vancouver saw earlier this week, New Jersey's on a bit of a run. Um, kind of seems like. Vanacek might be their guy. Like Blackwood had a couple good games, but he's maddeningly inconsistent. Um, Vanacek can make a few saves, and I thought that was a good signing for them when they signed him. But like, there's things there too. Like Jesper Bratt's not going to be the leading scorer in the league all year, right? No, he's just on a ten game heater. That's kind of crazy to start the year. So okay, this is my question for you. So you have New Jersey and you have Buffalo. Which of those two teams? Is play is more sustainable because I New feel Jersey. like they're similar and yeah I would lean New Jersey too because of the goaltending. But... Uh, I think the mo one of the most if not the most underrated moves from the off season was them bringing in John Marino. <laughs> I knew you're gonna go there. Yeah, it's also like annoying as a Canucks fan, but it's true. I I agree, hundred percent. It just seems like he stabilized that defense where they like in the past with Ty Smith and Dougie Hamilton and Damon Severson, like they had moving a skilled defense but they needed more steady stay-at-home type defense and it seems like he's just fit in perfectly for them and yeah i i don't know it, yeah maybe, maybe the best move in the offseason like i say for sure but and yeah I they mean, definitely have the offense you know it doesn't hurt that they had a couple first overall picks and hishier and uh Hughes and and stuff like that and they've got a couple other first round picks who are panning out quite well like Dawson Mercer Um, yeah and if you think about it too like that defense is just going to get better like they have the the their first round pick from this year um Namich and then uh like Luke Hughes yeah they're they're looking pretty dangerous for the future and this is a team that again as a Canucks fan it is frustrating because like their rebuild and the Canucks rebuild I'm going to put in quotation marks kind of coincide at the same time but now you're seeing like New Jersey they look good and it looks like they're going to be good for a while you can't predict it but yeah anyway yeah, the obvious difference is they like actually stripped it down and went for the high yeah, pick. Exactly. <laughs> it's almost like but, it works. You know, you guys just gotta give it a little bit of time. And then Buffalo is a different situation because they've been awful forever. And I mean that's the the ultimate fear, I suppose. But we've kind of seen this movie once before with Buffalo, and that's what I feel like where they started good and then they've lost their track a bit. And I mean, I will say I was not a believer in Tage Thompson, <laughs> but he looks legitimately terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and 
maybe it is like maybe this is their year that they're gonna they're gonna make a little run of it and we'll see but yeah yeah I just have more doubt with Buffalo because it is so early in the season and there's players like Ocpozo and stuff like that where like I don't think it's gonna be sustainable yeah for them the full year for sure um, but they've got some pieces like it seems like Skinner isn't a one-year resurgent player it seems like he's kind of found it again and with Darlene and power and stuff like that, like they could be like, it, it's it's going to take time probably as cousins and Krebs and stuff start to develop better. Yeah. couple of years, but it's kind of like a preview of what, where they're headed, you know, where they're headed for sure. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I can't really think of any other surprises. I mean, there's teams like you've already mentioned Toronto who's slumping. They have, some crazy losses to some teams that they should not be losing to like Arizona and Anaheim. Um, Tampa Bay has even struggled out the gate too. Colorado. I mean, they won today, but they haven't been great. Um, I had, I had a thought this morning. <laughs> so after listening to like Bietzka's speech, you know, about how he was so proud of the culture that they built in Vancouver. And then also listening over the past few days to a lot of the talk about Toronto and Vancouver specifically, and how those two rooms don't seem to have the same culture that I feel like teams in the past have. And what I was wondering about is maybe like because of the flat cap and things have stayed relatively similar for so long in the league, like there's been changes, obviously, like Eichel moved, for example, to Las Vegas, and that would shake up both locker rooms. But I'm wondering if maybe there's like, people are just stale like they feel like they're bored of these teams like I kind of feel a bit like that with the Canucks and that's weird for me (laughs) but like if it's just like yeah there needs to be more movement or something yeah make them trades make them trades now I don't know but big trades there's a lot of similarities except for the fact the Leafs are a better team, but there is a lot of similarities with what you hear people talking about Toronto and what you hear them say about Vancouver. So, yeah. And it like, you can compare those two in the sense as well that like when the big guys are going, the, the team is going, but when the big guys aren't going, they don't have a lot to fall back on, you know? And you kind of see it with Toronto and Austin Matthews and his slow start. Yeah. And not saying that he's totally responsible for the team losing. You know, you look at um, even Marner and Bunting's scoring rates this year to start the year. Like, Matthews ain't scoring, and those guys are down on their points too, right? For sure. Like, the nights that the Canucks don't have Patterson going and Miller slumping. Like, who else is going besides Bo, I guess? Well, (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, anyway. Yeah, anyways, uh, that's all I got for this talk. I think that's all I got as well. All right. All right. Well, we'll talk again probably next week. Um, We'll do it all again and talk about Nashville and maybe Montreal, maybe Toronto. Depends on when we get together. Sounds good. Looking forward to some hockey. All right. This has been Hockey Talk on the Rock episode number 92.